Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1061, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. This is indeed Bloomberg Markets. Corey Johnson here with Danny Berger with some breaking news on Uber crossing right now. Shocking. Benchmark Capital, one of the VC firms behind that company, suing the former CEO, accusing him of fraud and trying to kick him off the board. We're going to need that story and a whole lot more. Well, let's get Charlie Pellet with some data check and some other business news headlines. All right. I thank you very much, Corey Johnson. We have got the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ trading lower with 29 minutes to go ahead of the close. Stocks close to the worst level of the day right now with the S&P down 31 points. That is a drop of 1.3% to 24.43. Dow Industrials down 163 points to 21,885. That is a drop of 8 tenths of 1%. NASDAQ down 118 points to 62.33, a drop there of 1.9%. The tenure up 12, 30 seconds now with the yield of 2.2%. As for the interest rate environment and Fed Chair Janet Yellen, Stephen Auth is with Federated Global Investment Management. Look, Yellen is, is obviously a very smart woman. And on the other side of this is if she is too aggressive, she could spike the yield to three right. and a half or four. Right. And that would spark a major correction. So okay. she cannot afford that. Gold is trading higher by 11.20 the ounce to 12.87, up nine tenths of one percent. West Texas Intermediate Crude down two percent to 48.56, down one dollar a barrel. Recapping equities lower, the Dow down 168, down eight tenths of one percent. S&P down 31, a drop there of 1.3 percent. I'm Charlie Pelleton. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. Well, Bloomberg Markets is brought to you by National Realty Managers of New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, and Florida cash flow real estate offering safe, high-yield cash flow property units. See them at NRIA.net. Uh, I want to get uh, really just quickly to sort of review what President Trump had to say because uh, there's some sort of um, – uh, uh, amazing things that President Trump had to say, sort of escalating or at least uh, uh, dialing up his warning on North Korea and the missile threat, uh, saying uh, uh, if the regime does anything to the U.S. or U.S. ally, ally, I said, things will happen to them like they never thought possible, and doubling down in his uh, fire and fury threat, even saying that fire and fury earlier in the week was not tough enough, Danny Berger. Um, and also, uh, and, and, and indeed, he also had uh, some things to tell things to say about Mitch McConnell. That's right. He said that uh, Mitch McConnell needs to deliver on health taxes and infrastructure. Uh, asked what would happen if he didn't successfully complete those. Trump said, uh, "At that point, you can ask me that question." Uh, and also added that he's looking for a very big infrastructure bill. In Trump's own words. All right, let's get to Jamie Messel right now, the senior fellow of the Atlantic Council, uh, talking about North Korea. And, uh, Jamie, I, I know you've written this great piece of 12 things Trump should know about North Korea. But we've got about five minutes and 15 seconds, so I'm going to give you yeah. five things, and I'll give you a minute for each. Can you handle it? Great. We're doing this game show style. Bring it. Bring I it wish on. we could have some match game music in the background. Well, Gene I, Rayburn. Yeah, on, like I'm wearing a long microphone. Okay, the yeah. first thing. What, what's the first thing President Trump should know? Well, the first thing is he needs to recognize that North Korea – has nuclear weapons and is acquiring nuclear weapons because it's extremely rational. So if we don't understand why they're doing what they're doing and what they're getting out of it, um, we're not going to, going to get anywhere. Uh, the second thing is... Wait, wait, wait. You said extremely rational. Right. What do you mean? I mean, if you're North Korea and you are the leaders of North Korea and you, your goal is regime survival, 
and you feel you have all these threats, your existence as a country is based on this threat perception, so you're never going to give that, uh, give that up. And to, so to protect yourself, you could build a massive conventional army, but you don't have enough money for it. Or for even more protection, you could develop nuclear weapons, so it's a smart investment on their side. And they see what happened in Libya, they see what happened in Ukraine. These countries gave away their nuclear uh, weapons, and then they got invaded by more powerful countries, and there was nothing they could do about it. So North Korea is behaving very rationally, and the only way they're going to give up their nukes uh, is if the cost of keeping nukes is greater than the cost of giving them up. And so there's two ways that that happens. One is um, that... Wait, wait, uh, there's still number one? Is this one subset one? Okay. I'm trying to make sure... Well, because we've got to get to number two. That was your one minute. All right, number two. Good. Done. Uh, second thing okay. Donald Trump needs to know about North Korea. Uh, is it, well, so I, so I'll get to number two, which I was about to say, is that the two reasons that they would give them up. One is um, that they think that the United States is about to uh, not just have a pinprick attack, but to have a major war, a decapitation war uh, against North Korea, which would be massive. It would destroy um, and not only their country, but the the, um, the infrastructure that the United States, the alliance system the United States has built over the last uh, 70 years would lead to hundreds, to hundreds of thousands or even millions of casualties. So that's not a real possibility. So we're threatening war, but there's no there's no military option for the United States, and everybody knows it. And so the only reason there would be a military option is that people believe um, that Donald Trump was just um, just acting totally irrationally because there, there really is no military option. All right, so th- this this brings us to number three, Jamie. Uh, let, let's dig into that one. Sure. So number three is the only way, way that anything is going to change in North Korea is if China decides that they are willing to push North Korea for change, and that's a big risk for China. China gets a lot out of North Korea. Um, they have, it's their only uh, treaty ally. Um, there's a whole history of, of connectivity. They get natural resources and essentially slave labor. Uh, and they have a buffer uh, between, they keep Korea divided, and that's been a source of tension for China for hundreds of thousands of years. Uh, and they have a buffer between themselves and South Korea, which is allied to the United States. On the other hand, well, let's, uh, yeah, cost- there's, our, there's, our, there's our ding ding okay. bell. Number ding, four. Ding, Number four. But the costs to China of a hostile and nuclear on North Korea are growing. Uh, and that is, it's not just uh, the, the increasing military presence of the United States. It's the development of missile, of missile shields um, in uh, Japan and South Korea that undermine China's nuclear uh, deterrent. It's uh, possibly Japanese military normalization and constitutional reform. It's the undermining of the nuclear nonproliferation treaty because uh, North Korea is going to be poor, and they're going to be able to sell uh, these kinds of materials or weapons in ways that, as China plays a more globally responsible role, those are going to hurt China. So China uh, has to be making this calculus. Are they better off with North Korea there or essentially not there? Because it's a binary choice. If China cuts North Korea's lifeline, um, they'll have a lot of influence, but they could be a, a big uh, catastrophic Consequence, and that has to be worth it for China. All right, you got one more. You got less than a minute. Here it is. So number five is so the only rational policy, as I wrote in my CNN article, um, is for the United States is to increase the cost of the status quo to both China and North Korea, uh, and to do that by doing all of these things that are against 
China's and North Korea's interests, and that includes sanctions. Uh, it includes uh, building up missile defense. Um, it includes encouraging Japanese military uh, normalization and all of these kinds of things. But we need the big point is we need a strategy. And the president of the United States mouthing off when his own people are saying what he's saying is not our policy and then doubling down in contravention of his own officials. That's not a strategy. And it's just only harming us and the world. Awesome. Jamie Metzl from the Atlanta Council. You made it five in five minutes. Very impressive. Uh, Jamie Metzl, the Atlanta Council. This is Bloomberg. Nathan Hager right now. He's got a look at world and national news headlines from our 991 studios in Washington, D.C. Thank you, Corey. President Trump is intensifying his warnings to North Korea as he meets with Vice President Pence and other advisors at his golf club in Bedminster, New Jersey. Bloomberg's Irv Chapman reports from Washington. The president brushed off threats from North Korea and said, if anything, his previous tough statements may not be tough enough. If North Korea does anything in terms of even thinking about attack of anybody that we love or we represent or our allies or us, they can be very, very nervous. Things will happen to them like they never thought possible. Okay. President also praised Russia and China for contributing to a unanimous vote for additional sanctions at the United Nations. In Washington, I'm Irv Chapman, Bloomberg Radio. The president also says he's discussed the situation in Venezuela. The U.S. has been trying to build international support against President Nicolas Maduro's anti-democratic moves, but a group of Republican senators is warning the president that broad sanctions against Venezuelan oil could divert oil that's currently processed in the U.S. to China. Special counsel Robert Mueller is turning up the heat on former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort. People familiar say Mueller's Washington grand jury has subpoenaed global banks for information about transactions involving Manafort and some of his companies. Mueller has also reached out to Manafort's son-in-law and a Ukrainian oligarch to try to force the former campaign chairman to be more helpful to prosecutors. Checking the leaderboard at the PGA Championship, Thorbjorn Olesen remains atop with a 4-under 67. It's a five-way tie for second. Full coverage of the first round starts in just about a half hour here on Bloomberg Radio. Global News, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries.